eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm Wildcat Authority Senior Editor Jason Shear. And I have to admit, I when you know normally you record these on Sunday after an Arizona football game, and my assumption was that I would be recording a podcast in which I talked about Arizona getting run off the field against a Utah team who's really peaking and now ranked at the time of this recording um, and playing its best football of the season is the heavy favorite now to win the the Pac-12 South. ASU is the only other team with a chance to do it, uh, but it would take some help. And so Utah is a team that um, was entering the Arizona game and really still uh, playing really good football. One of the better running backs in the conference, Tavian Thomas. Um, just sound, fundamental football team who really overmatched Arizona on paper heading into the matchup. The theme or the narrative after that game is that Utah beat a physical, tough Arizona team who is better than its record who is also playing, arguably, well not arguably, who is playing their best football of the season. Um, It was not a blowout in any way, shape, or form. And even though Utah is a better football team, Arizona, when it watches that film, is going to say to itself, man, we really could have won this football game. And it absolutely could have. Um, You know, there's decisions that you can analyze. You can analyze the field goal earlier in the game, not going for it on going for it on fourth and one instead of kicking the field goal, not making it. You could analyze the two-point conversion. Um, you could analyze a few mistakes made defensively. Whatever it may be, it doesn't take away from the fact that Arizona was very much in that football game and very much able to win against a Utah team where on paper was considerably better. Um, how much better did Utah feel it was than Arizona? Well, it chose to bench Thomas when Thomas probably could have played in order to basically rest him from the Oregon game. Uh, That is, you know, probably, I don't know if if Kyle Whittingham will come out and say it, but that's definitely what they were doing is, you know what, we can beat Arizona, and and it wound up being correct. We can beat Arizona without Thomas. Um, Let's go and rest him for the Oregon game. That's bigger. Or let's make sure he's healthy for the stretch run in, in which we're trying to win. Uh, a Pac-12 title. And it's an arrogant move in a way, but um, you could also make the case it's a smart move. And of course, it's only smart if Utah wins that football game. And it did win that football game, but um, it was much closer than pretty much everybody thought. I know there's 
going to be people that say they thought the game would be close, but look, the, the spread was 24 points. Arizona came in that game banged up. Uh, there was every reason to believe that um, that Arizona was going to get blown out in that game, and it didn't. And for all the criticism that this team took throughout the season, and that Jetfish took the last you know few weeks before the Cal game, really before the USC game, uh, you know he took a lot of heat in that Washington game. They also deserve credit. Um, they deserve credit for. You know, this team could have easily given up. We saw this team give up. And yeah, there's new players on it, but we saw this team give up for Kevin Sumlin. I don't care what any of the players, coaches, whatever, say. That team gave up and stopped playing for their head coach last season with Sumlin. This season, if anything, they're now playing harder for their head coach. So the whole argument about Jed Fish's coaching ability, if you want to argue his play calling and all that, cool, have at it. There may not be enough evidence there. I won't put put up a, a big fight. If you are putting forth an argument that this team doesn't play hard, um, that he doesn't have the respect of his team, that there's strife, that his team isn't playing hard for him, uh, go somewhere else because it's just not true. Um, you know, at the very least, the worst thing you could say about Fish with the play con, whatever, but at the very least, this team is playing its butt off for him. You saw it last week when Arizona beat Cal and Stanley Berryhill made sure he gave a game ball to Jed Fish and said that, you know, they're confident that Jed is the guy to kind of bring them forward. And there was no reason to do that, um, but they did it because I, I think that they actually believe it. And when you look at the stats for the Utah game, um, again, winnable game. I, I think the difference was, you know, Utah at the end of the day, the the game was won in the trenches. And Arizona did a relatively good job defensively, but this is a Utah team that has been running on everyone. And only average, I say only, because we saw what they did against Stanford where they averaged 100 yards a carry, it felt like. And they ran for 200 yards the week before, and they are the best running team in the Pac-12. And I know they didn't play Thomas, but Arizona still held them to four yards a carry. Uh, TJ Pledger, 25 for 122 and two touchdowns. 4.8 yards a carry. Um, it's good, obviously, but Micah Bernard, 10 for 36, didn't really do anything. Rising, 4 for 22, didn't really do anything. They tried some other things with Chris Curry and Brenton Covey. Pleasure played great. There's no doubt about it. Um, but overall, if you say, hey, you're going to hold Utah to 174 net rushing yards on 44 carries with a long of 15, you said, man, you did a hell of a job by the defense. Uh, the difference actually to me wasn't the run game. I thought Cameron Rising played arguably one of his best games, if not his best game of the season. I, I was really, really impressed by him. 19 of 30, 294 yards and two touchdowns. And the offensive play calling was great because I'm actually surprised more coaching staffs haven't tried to do this. But Don Brown is going to blitz you. It's no secret. And really, he has to. This, this defense doesn't have the personnel to be part of a, a, a defensive play calling system that isn't aggressive. I mean, sitting back, we saw it last year. Again, new players, but to sit back, to put guys like Jalen Harris in coverage, it just isn't going to work. And Utah did a great job with giving kind of different looks on third down, leaking different guys, and that play basically a rising rolled out and hit a Pledger, hit a Brant Quith, hit a Micah Bernard, hit a Dalton Kincaid, whatever it may be, those third down plays uh, were killer for Arizona. Utah's converted 50% of its third down conversions. 
Um, but those plays just killed Arizona. And a lot of that was just, you know, play calling. Uh, I thought that Utah did a great job taking advantage of what Arizona likes to do defensively. But it, 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 the, the stats may not necessarily show it completely. I mean, Utah still finished uh, with, you know, an, an impressive stat line offensively. You know, Utah still finished with 26 first downs, still ran for 174 yards, um, still finished with 468 total yards, uh, 6.3 yards per play. But I thought that it was good enough. Like, it's hard not to say that the defense didn't play good enough to win that football game. Uh, Jerry Roberts, I I felt, played his best game in an Arizona uniform. Ten tackles, one and a half tackles, four loss. Played great. Um, It's going to be nice to have him back next year. Anthony Pandy played relatively well. He got caught on those coverage plays on third down a little bit. Jackson Turner continues to play well. Um, Tradon Stukes is inconsistent, but again, he's a walk-on. I think Arizona is missing Isaiah Rutherford. Um, We'll preview the Washington State game later this week, obviously, but they absolutely need Rutherford back. Jalen Harris, uh, six tackles, had that sack, the only sack of the game. Um, There's some controversy with that sack. I saw Pac-12 site saying that Cameron Rising hasn't been sacked. He has. That that was a sack. Um, If the Pac-12 won't give it to Jalen Harris, then, then I am, gosh darn it. But defensively, I thought Arizona played well enough to win the game. Um, offensively, you know, again, Will Plummer stats, 19 of 34, 223, um, one touchdown, didn't turn the ball over, uh, was sacked only two times against a, a solid Utah defensive front. Um, I thought he played fine. There's going to be some throws that, that he'll want back. There was a screen pass where it floated over a, a wide receiver's head. There were a couple plays he missed, but really you can do that with, with any quarterback, um, no matter how good they are. Ran for 57 yards, had that big run of 43, um, which which really was a huge play for the touchdown. Deserves a ton of credit. Um, really, if you're if you're looking to pick what's wrong with the offense and why it wasn't able to score more points, because at the end of the day, Arizona remember field goals, blocked punt for a touchdown. The offense itself um, only had two touchdowns, and so it, it struggled for the most part. But um, it comes down to run blocking. You take away that, that run by Plummer, Rocker, 6 for 22, Joyner out of the Wildcat, 4 for 20, Jalen John, 3 for 7, BJ Castillo, 1 for 6, Cunningham, 1 for 5, Wiley, 3 for 8, Drake Anderson, 1 for 2, just not good enough. And again, we'll get to the Washington State game, but they're going to have to rush better, especially in this weather that, that Pullman has, um, if they're going to win that game. But 30 carries for 127 yards. The net, you take away the sacks, is 30 for 102. It's just not good enough to win a lot of football games. Um, yeah, the offensive line is banged up, but it was healthy enough um, you know, to be able to do better. Um, Utah's clear plan was to take away the run game and make Will Plummer throw the ball. It's going to be the game plan for every team left on the schedule. I know there's only two, but that's what they're going to do. They're basically going to say, look, if Arizona's going to win that game, on offense, it needs to do so um, by Will Plummer. And Plummer played fine. Um, you know, Stanley Berryhill continues to be, uh, you know, I saw Michael Lev tweeted about Berryhill making the all Pac-12 team. Uh, he is Arizona's gunner. He is their punt returner. He is their best wide receiver. I don't know where you put Stanley Berryhill on the Pac-12 team, maybe all-purpose, but that dude belongs on there. His value every week is just ridiculous. 
Um, you know, he's out here throwing and passing. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous what he's able to do. Um, props to him. Was targeted seven times, caught four of them for 52 yards. He had that one play, the 28-yard completion, where um, it was before the first down marker, which obviously you don't want on on that type of play, but he was able to do it himself and get the first down. It's just really, really impressive. Um, Dorian Singer has been uh, fun to watch the last few weeks. You know, um, Jed Fish throughout the preseason really singled out Singer, and he took some time to get back, and you have people basically saying Fish was full of it, Kevin Cummings was full of it, but meanwhile, Singer, besides very ill, has been the best receiver on this team the past few weeks. Uh, targeted eight times, caught five of them, 484 yards, had a long of 45. But the big thing there is the yards after catch. You always want to look at the yards after catch um, because that means that, you know, as Fish was saying earlier in the season, guys were catching it. Pooby Curry especially was catching it and kind of just falling. Um, but, you know, Dorian Singer, 42, half of his yards came after the catch. Stanley Berryhill, 32 of his 52 yards after the catch. Michael Wiley, pretty much all his yards after the catch because of the screen passes. Um, you know, Booby Curry, 2 for 14. Anthony Simpson, 1 for 15. Um, they played the, the game with the running back passing game. Uh, Wiley, 4 for 48. And the touchdown, um, which is fine. And then, of course, special teams, Kyle Ossendort. You can't say enough about this kid. Two punts, 96 yards, long at 52. Uh, continues to be one of the best punters in America. Um, punting over 50, I think he's top five in America. Maybe a little, you know, top three in America with punts over 50 yards. Um, really just doing a, a, a great job overall. Special teams started out this season poorly and has really come on uh, the last few weeks to blocked punts. Um, you know, remember, it, it was a while before you saw a blocked punt with Arizona football. Um, but you take a look at and. Um, it was a protection issue. They beat it um, rather quickly, uh, got the punt, were able to score on the touchdown, and, and then the two-point conversion. I, I think the two-point conversion is a call that is going to be debated. Um, you know, you never chase points is usually what I say, but when you're Arizona, you've won one football game, you have Utah on the ropes, go ahead and chase the points. I, I don't have a problem with that call. Um, I tweeted that, you know, that's the argument for not, Chasing the points is the fact that when Utah went up late, Arizona um, would have been down eight instead of nine, but there still wouldn't have been a lot of time remaining. You're still asking Will Plummer to do the two-minute drill, um, and it's just not feasible. You know what I mean? And you're not predicting that Utah's going to go back and score. So I was cool with Arizona taking the two. I don't like the play call. I think they try to get too creative. I love the trick plays that they do throughout the game um, with the pass back with Wiley and Perry Hill and the Flea Flickers. When you're a team like Arizona, you go all out. Like against ASU, for instance, I would expect Arizona to run trick play every drive, and I don't think anybody would have any problem with it. But when you're going for two and it's so close, I think you kind of simplify the play and, and look for a tight end and put Markov on there and just basically try to score straightforward as opposed to taking the time in that short yardage for a play to develop against a solid Utah defense, uh, which is going to usually be difficult to do. So I like the decision for go to, to go for two. Uh, I like the decision earlier in the game to go for it on fourth and one instead of kicking the field goal. I just don't necessarily like the play calls. Like Arizona running straight ahead on that fourth and one. I didn't really like it. The, the two-point conversion play, didn't like it at the time. But, you know, if they work, it's a great call. And when they don't work, it's not a great call. And that's just kind of how um, – college football works and, and how really all sports work same with baseball you do a pitching change and it works it's great you don't do a pitching change 
um, and the guy lets up a bunch of runs, it's a horrible call. You just, you don't know, right? And, and so looking back at it, didn't like the calls, but understood both uh, at the time completely. And so, um, you know, it, it's a situation where, um, you know, in terms of play calling, like look at Lucas Haverzik, uh, letting him go for a 57-yard field goal, which he made. Not a lot of coaches would do that. A lot of coaches would punt in that situation. Fish went out there and said, hey, you can make it. We've seen your leg. And he goes out there and makes a 57-yard field goal. Arizona, by the way, might be the only team that has two field goal kickers they use, where it's like, if it's 30 and below, Tyler Loop. If it's longer than 30, Lucas Haversick. Uh, and it's worked well. It really it really has. And so um, props to Haversick for making a 57-yard field goal. But overall, I mean, again, you know, I went into this podcast thinking Arizona was going to get run off the field. It didn't. Uh, going to Washington State on a Friday night, Pullman, 35 degrees and raining against a solid Washington State team is going to be difficult to do. Um, Arizona might be able to do it. I don't know. Um, I know I haven't decided yet who I'm picking to win, but I said this on the message boards. I really do think Arizona is capable of winning another game. Uh, you feel good after the Cal game, even though it was an ugly football game. I think in a way you, you almost feel better after the Utah game because Utah's a better team. Cal was, you know, outmanned and all that with the COVID situation and that stuff. But the USC game, that second half, is kind of like when they turned a corner. So you say to yourself, look, can Arizona beat Washington State? Maybe. Can Arizona beat ASU? Maybe. It's not a no situation. You know, I would actually say yes for both. Like, I think Arizona can beat both teams. Will they? I don't know. You know, it's hard to say that Arizona is going to go on a two-game win streak to end the season. But you feel more confident now than you did three or four weeks ago because I would have asked you that question and you would have said no chance. It is no longer no chance. You have to think and really consider whether or not Arizona can beat these two football games teams. And you say, look, there, there is a legitimate chance that they're able to come out with a win. So things are looking up. Short week. Um, I don't know how we're going to cover the football game this week. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We're going to be in Vegas for basketball. Um, shout out to the schedulers. There's a women's, men's, and football game all at the same time. Great stuff. Um, we'll figure it out. But either way, I appreciate you guys for joining me one more time. And uh, it's not an awful time to be an Arizona football fan right now. There is uh, a, there is some positive, optimistic things, and and that's fun to say considering where we were earlier this season and last season. So once again, thanks for joining me, Jason Shear, Wildcat Scoop Podcast, Wildcat Authority. Appreciate you guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.